Thank you for listening to the CEO-ish podcast hosted by me, Taylor Graham. And me, Chloe Willemson. This episode is sponsored by Zencaster, our number one podcasting tool. Zencaster provides crystal clear audio and gorgeous HD video. We love that it makes our lives easier by recording separate audio and video tracks for ourselves and our guests. Did we mention that it also does transcripts? So if you're uploading your podcast to your website for blogging and SEO purposes, it makes it so easy. Plus, there's a secured cloud backup, so you never lose your interviews, and it's super easy to use. And there's nothing to download. Our guests just click the link, and we start recording. Go to Zencaster to get 30% off your first three months with a pro account. What is up, bitches, hoes, and CEOs? I have a list of apologies for you guys today, starting with the fact that if you can hear the leaf blower in the background, I shit you not, the second Chloe and I went to hit record on this podcast, it started. We both just looked at each other and rolled our eyes and said, fuck it, we're doing it anyways. So I apologize about background noise on this episode, mostly to our editor, Joanna. I I really apologize to you. The second thing I am apologizing for is my god-awful voice. I am so beyond sick right now, you guys. Like, it, I don't even know what happened. I do know what happened, but, like, it's not COVID. I will say that. But, yeah, um, I sound terrible, but not terrible enough to not be podcasting. So, here we are. Um, and then the last thing I'm apologizing for on behalf of both Chloe and I is the fact that this episode is two days late this week. Um, I was driving home from Michigan on Tuesday, and Chloe had texted me and said, Uh, do we have an episode planned for today? And I said, you know what? No, we don't. We'll just post it late. And it was supposed to be up yesterday and we tried recording yesterday and it was just a shit show. So this is take two of this episode. Yeah, it was not happening. And this episode is going to be a really good one. Um, When we were trying to record yesterday, we were trying to make it more conversational and it just kind of came to it. We need bullet points. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes... Actually, every single time I write notes, it's just one ADHD brain dump. And sometimes my thoughts aren't necessarily cohesive and they jump all over the place. So we just needed to streamline those a little bit more. And honestly, the the 24 hours to marinate on it was a good thing for us because I think we both came back with some greater points. And also on that note, um, this episode is going to be something different than Chloe and I have ever put out before. We, this is something we've been wanting to talk about for like eight-ish months, I want to say now, but it wasn't until, so on my eight-hour drive home, I was listening to an episode of Almost 30 Podcast. It was a solo with Krista. I believe it was episode 533, but I am going to link that in the show notes for you guys. Krista is so eloquent in the way she delivers a message, and this is the episode that kind of sparked my thought process and how I wanted to formulate my thoughts because Chloe and I have, again, wanted to do an episode talking about this topic. Um, But the thoughts were just kind of all over the place and this really helped streamline. So shout out to Krista for that episode. She's a podcaster I really respect and I wanted to give her her due credit there. But yeah, before we dive into all that we're going to be talking about today on a deeper level, Chloe, we have a lot of updates to catch up on because we we hadn't seen each other in 10 days. We went home for Thanksgiving and honestly, I'm just going to give you guys a quick synopsis of my Thanksgiving because Chloe's is a whole hell of a lot more eventful than mine. My family's really small. It was just my intermediate family and my grandparents that came over. Uh, we ate really good food. We hung out. I saw my friend Ashley and her husband Chris one time. I went over there for dinner and we watched a movie. I watched the new, fuck, what was it called? You know the Ella Enchanted 
video on Disney Channel from when we were children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came out with a second one of those. You guys, don't watch it. It was literally the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm a Disney fanatic, and it was just the worst, most god-awful musical I've ever been tortured through in my entire life. I'm a huge Ella Enchanted fan. I was so excited for the second movie, and it was just the worst, okay? It was the absolute fucking worst. But you want to know what's not the worst? Wednesday Adam's new show. That oh, is a, so good. That is a fucking gem. Chloe and I so are... Good. In the middle of that right now. I think we Four are episodes s- in. smack dab in the middle. Watch Wednesday, Adams. I I didn't even grow up an Adams Family kid. Like, I can tell you wholeheartedly, I've never seen an actual episode of the Adams Family, like the original. I don't know if I've seen, I'm sure I've seen the original, but like there's been newer ones too. I've seen a lot of those. Um, but yeah, super good. I love everything that Tim Burton does. So I was super excited about this. And then the actress, Jenna Ortega, yes. killed it. Like they are going to be working together a lot. It got renewed, didn't it? it I saw I saw on um I okay, don't take my word for this, people. I saw Facebook posts. Sometimes Facebook posts are not the most reliable, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I saw it from the official Netflix page that they had already renewed a second season. So Shout out to that show. It's I'm very so good. Excited. So it's good. It's a very, very good one. I didn't even realize that Tim Burton was still working, but I'm not upset about okay, it. Okay, I'm gonna be completely honest. You know, we we've all established that Taylor's not the most Halloween-centric person. He does all of like the most famous Halloween movies, doesn't he? Yeah, he's worked a ton with Johnny Depp and uh, what's Helena Bowman Carter or something like that. Okay. I know that's not her name. Someone's gonna yell at me, but <laughs> But yeah, like Edward Scissorhands, um, Big Fish. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, I knew he had done like pretty much all of the Sleepy Hollow, the pretty great, awesome. the great Halloween movies that everybody loves that Taylor just hasn't watched. Like straight yeah. up, love it. Okay, what? Else? Okay, I guess I can go ahead and tell you about my trip home because yeah, it would was... you like to take the microphone? Chloe yes, and let I me are take this. Very, very cozy, you guys. I wish you guys could see us. We were both wearing oversized. <laughs> blue they're like blanket ponchos they're like. fantastic <laughs> i don't even know it's like an oversized sweatshirt that goes down to your knees and is a blanket anyway my thanksgiving so first thing that i did when i got home was i went to the revolving sushi bar in novi with my friend selena i haven't seen her in like two years so it was really nice to catch up she's getting married next summer i'm super excited for her i'm gonna miss the wedding unfortunately did you have your Drake and Josh moment on this sushi conveyor belt? Oh, hell yeah. It was so cool. I've never been to one before. So I was like... I still haven't been to one. And truthfully, I think every millennial and Gen Z lives the same experience of exclusively wanting to go to one of those because of that episode of Drake and Josh. Hell yeah. And it's just, you know, sushi all the time. Like, you don't even need to wait. Did you just like pick whatever you wanted off the little yeah. belt? And then like, if you didn't see what you wanted coming, you could like order it too. And there was another belt. That it would come what on. Is this restaurant? It was called. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Cue the Jeopardy. Pura Revolving Sushi Bar in okay. Novi. Okay. Super good. Okay. Anyway, so my mom's birthday was happening while I was home, and then my dad's birthday is next month, but my sister's not going to be home, so we celebrated both birthdays while we were there. So for my mom's birthday, my sister Olivia, who promoted herself to project manager the second I was born, she project managed an authentic Italian meal. Her and Evan, her boyfriend, they took a cooking class like a month or so ago to learn how to cook an authentic Italian meal. And so they taught everybody. It was super cool. We made our own pasta. We made a pesto. We made ricotta cheese. I didn't even know you could make ricotta cheese that fast, but it was amazing. Who gave Chloe the knowledge that she could make cheese at home? Who gave her this power? That's dangerous. We're going to be eating a lot of ricotta cheese. Buckle up. But anyway, yeah, that was super cool. Like we were just listening to Italian music the whole time. It was it was a vibe. It was nice. 
And then we had Thanksgiving. My grandparents came over. It was kind of like the most relaxing Thanksgiving ever. I have a thousand cousins on my dad's side of the family. So usually there's like something going on the day of Thanksgiving. But this time it was just me, my three full siblings and my grandparents and my parents. And so it was like pretty small, but it was nice. Like my grandparents have been in Florida. My sister and I are in Nashville. So we all haven't been together for a while. So it was really nice. I like that you all went somewhere cold for the holiday, even though you all transported from somewhere warm. I know. Like, can you guys come down south, baby? How long have your parents been in Florida for? My grandparents. Oh, I don't know why I thought you said your parents. Yeah, no, they've been, I don't know, probably since early October, maybe. They, okay. they go every winter. They're snowbirds. I have snowbird grandparents, too. Only mine was leaving. uh, I think she leaves this week. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. So then we celebrated my dad's birthday by going to iFly in Novi, which was the most amazing thing. I want to go real skydiving now. I feel like it's... I've had the practice and now I need the real experience. I also really want to go skydiving. So I will a thousand percent do that with you. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. But yeah, that was really cool. It was less scary than I thought it was going to be. And the instructor is basically holding on to you the entire time. You don't really get to do tricks. But after they're done taking everyone in the group in, then the instructor gets to show off for a minute. And I'm like, I could do that. If they would just let go of me, I could do that. So that's my goal. I'm going to get really good at indoor skydiving. And then I'm going to real skydive. (laughs) The same way you got real good at roller skating. Girl, I can, I'm not the one falling on my ass, okay? <laughs> Listen, I own the fact that I am unathletic, okay? Like, it is a tragic shit show for me in terms of anything athletic. But you were convinced that you were going to be skating backwards by day three. <laughs> yeah, I could ice skate backwards. So, you know, I'll get there. Anyway. Um, then on Saturday after Thanksgiving, we celebrated Thanksgiving with all of my millions of cousins on my dad's side of the family. We went bowling, which was really fun. I can't really bowl for very long because of my nubs. They hurt. But But I did manage to get like two strikes in there. So proud of that. Um, and it was just really nice to see all my cousins and everybody. Like we only get together now for holidays. So it's nice. I mean, it's not nice to only get together for holidays, but it's nice to see them on the holidays. Bowling is also not nice. I will die on that hill. We all know how I feel about bowling. It is disgusting. I will never get over the fact that people can consume pizza and nachos and lick their sticky, gross fucking fingers and then stick them in a bowling ball and just go back to, uh, no, uh, uh. bowling is the reason we had COVID. I will wholeheartedly die on that hill. It originated in a bowling alley. I'm convinced. Period. Taylor is anti-bowling, okay? I am anti-repetitive tasks, and bowling is just the same repetitive task over and over. I'm also very bad at it, too. Like, gutter ball after gutter ball after gutter ball. It's just, it's not a cute time for me. You just need the bumpers. No, I I wish I could say that would help me, but one time I threw the ball so hard off of one of those bumpers that it shot into the lane next to me, and the dude was not happy that I fucked up his strike or whatever, so. Okay, you need the bumpers and the ramp. Then what's the point of me bowling? It's just an automated (laughs) process. (laughs) Okay, you're not wrong. Anyway, that is the gist of my Thanksgiving. And before we dive into this episode, you guys, we got our Spotify wrapped. And oh my gosh, that I'm at a loss for words right now. Like you guys fucking killed it. 
Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Before we dive into the Spotify wrapped, I just want everyone to know that Chloe was in the top 1% or no, top 0.1% of Young Gravy's listeners personally. And by that nature, because my Google Home is the one or my Google Home is in the kitchen and it's connected to my Spotify account, but we all use it. It's just in the main room. Chloe. Why am I in the top 0.5% of Young Gravy listeners? You know what, Taylor? That's interesting because I have never listened to Young Gravy on your Google Home. All right, fuck. I'm done. That's all you, my friend. I'm done. (laughs) Uh, Me playing the music for us. You Young Gravy, don't you, Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) Young Gravy, if you ever listen to this podcast or this message gets back to you, please just give my roommate some attention. Like, just reject her at this point. Like, Please reject me, Gravy. Like, <laughs> like just I have I am on month six of this obsession, this hyperfixation, and I I need an answer for her. You know, it's hard out here for the six foot tall woman. He is six foot eight, and he's funny. Like, what more can a six foot tall girl ask for? Not a whole lot. Okay, the the options out here not great. Some basic respect, which leads you into your dating updates. <laughs> I don't have any dating updates. I'm like done dating. I just hate men. I, th- I was going to say, Chloe is a certified man hater, but I did th- think you wanted to complain about men for a second. Oh. Mm. I, don't, I don't even know what to say other than just like, eh. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it at meh. Um, okay. Wow. Way off track. Spotify wrapped. Let's yes. get back to okay. that. Um, so just sharing some very fun and interesting stats from our podcast this year. And this is our podcast specific Spotify wrapped that we get through Anchor. Um, we were amongst the top 10% most shared podcast. Insane. That's insane. That, that right there, that stat alone made me elated elated for the entire day we are amongst the top 20 percent followed we are actually at 19 top 19 percent. so that's really cool our listenership grew by 92 percent this year which which was probably the second stat that made me like brain explode i was just so happy about that and our top performing episode no surprise was episode number 57 with rudy berry it was our top performing episode this year it was part one of two i will link both of those parts in the show notes for you guys if you haven't checked them out what are you doing they are our top performing episodes for a reason they are so fantastic and rudy herself is just a fantastic person um but also, if you haven't, if you have checked them out, go restream them. Chloe and I are literally 2,000 streams away from 10,000 by the end of this year. And we really think we can do it. So please go stream your old favorite episodes. <laughs> Share our episodes with a friend if you think you're, they're going to like them. Like, please, we are so close. I can taste it. <laughs> 20% of our new listeners found us because of that episode with Rudy. So we want to extend a special thank you to those of you who found us through that episode and chose to keep hanging out with us because that is a very big number. And we're just like amazed at our podcast stats this year. We were excited last year when we launched a podcast and like 10 people tagged us that we were in their top podcast episodes. And we were elated with that. Like, just yeah. so fucking excited. So the fact that we saw these numbers this year and we've already been getting tagged in even more posts like that on people's Spotify wrapped, it's just, it's so fucking cool, especially because like we put a lot of time into this podcast. We put, yeah. as a matter of fact, let me check our Spotify wrapped. We put over 2,337 minutes of podcasting into our podcast this year alone. Okay. There's a lot of CEO-ish content. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
go out on a limb here and say please don't listen to the first year of content because for that real. was our pilot season. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was it was touch and go there for a minute. We were just really trying to figure it out. But we appreciate yeah. all of you that have stuck with us through that because honestly, you guys, those episodes were so fucking bad. Yeah, they were not great. But yeah, it's really good to be able to see these kind of stats and stuff because for the most part, we have no idea where we're at in the ranking. Like we can see how many like listens each episode gets and like that kind of stuff, but we have no idea how it compares to other podcasts. Yeah. So if if your podcast does not hit the top trending Apple charts, you just have absolutely no idea what other podcasters numbers look like. Yeah. So to see these numbers, we're really excited about it. You guys know that we have like some plans. We want to start getting advertisers and we would love to be with an agency at some point. So seeing these numbers is really boosting our confidence. Dear media, WID, you up? Hell yeah. Dear Media, please notice us. Dear Media and Young Gravy, please either reject us or love us, okay? <laughs> I'm manifesting now that we get to, we sign with Dear Media and they somehow get Young Gravy on the podcast. Like, like, we just got to get Chloe to shut up about Young Gravy. Like, just like, I honestly feel like social media at this point wants want something for you most people on my instagram stories want something for you thank so. you to everyone on taylor's instagram stories They're, they were rooting for you <laughs> yeah that was really funny <laughs> okay all right i think that's all we have for our podcast updates so i think i'm gonna start transitioning us do you have anything else to add that's all my thoughts all right so diving into this week's topic chloe and i have never done an episode like this and we have as I said earlier, we've been wanting to do an episode on both the defined. Uh, wow. Am I okay? Am I okay today? The divine feminine and masculine energies. And we weren't quite sure how to frame our thoughts. And as I said, I listened to that episode of Almost 30 with Krista, and she kind of beautifully laid out exactly how I was feeling about this topic. And I am. She started the conversation and I want to add to it. And I want to start off by saying that this might be a controversial point of view and it probably might not make a lot of sense coming from a woman who owns and runs her own business and is keenly aware that she is perceived as a girl boss by the general public. Like I'm fully aware that that is how I am viewed. And three years ago, I will be wholeheartedly honest with you guys. I drank the girl boss Kool-Aid real hard. I wanted to be the corporate badass. I wanted to run my own business. I hustled hard. I posted on social media every day. I had the coffee cup that said boss bitch. Like you name it, I had it. I totally drank that Kool-Aid. Um, and three years ago, if I knew I was making a podcast episode like this, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So all that goes to say, thoughts and opinions do change. How I feel about this topic now is not how I felt about it three years ago. And I might look back in two years and not feel the same way about this topic. We are humans. We grow. We evolve. We change. We absorb more and change our opinions with new information. So this is just kind of what I'm feeling now. And Chloe has a lot that she wants to share on the topic too. So we are just going to dive straight in to my thoughts, personal reflection around the overall concept of the divine masculine and feminine energies, feminism as a movement, and how I now think that capitalism has completely diluted the entire feminist movement, which I will get into. Just please hang tight with me here. So the first thing that inspired this whole conversation was my current dating app hiatus. And I'm going to emphasize it's just a dating app hiatus. I am still dating. It's just not on tragically 
horrible apps right now. Um, But before I dive into that, I want to read what some of the divine feminine and masculine traits are because I think that helps paint the picture. And everyone has both masculine and feminine energy that they are able to tap into. Um, But I've been talking for a minute and I really need to take a sip of water. So I'm actually going to force Chloe to read these now. (laughs) All right. So the divine feminine is defined by being emotional, right-brained, action is oriented to the experience rather than the outcome, emotional strength, seeks self-mastery, but is more concerned about sacrificing for the greater good, extroverted, open, vulnerable, and nurturing, and cooperative. And then the divine masculine is risk-taking, assertiveness, action-oriented, discipline, boundaries, confidence, objectivity, logic, and analysis. So I'm also going to pull out there that I pulled this straight from Google. If you have an issue with these terminologies, take it up with Google and not with me. Um, But in relation to these energies um, and my dating life per se, I know that I as a woman am tapped way more into the divine masculine than the divine feminine energy. And what that looks like for me is the fact that I am really loud. I'm bold. I'm audacious. I will celebrate my accomplishments. I am not always humble. I exude what I deemed to be underqualified white man at his first Wall Street finance bro job interview, hyping up his lackluster resume with his accomplishments. That's what I kind of exude myself <laughs> to. And Chloe's laughing because she knows it's a hundred percent. I love that. <laughs> and I, I laugh about it, but I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing. In many ways, I think these are the traits that make me a fantastic business owner and boss and entrepreneur and visionary. But for that reason and many others, which I won't unpack on this week's therapy session, um, but I've gotten very comfortable resting in that masculine energy. It feels very safe to me. It shields me from bullshit. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there now. Um, But it creates a lot of problems for me in my dating life because I act like the kind of man that I want to attract. And when you're talking about balancing energies, there's no balance there. I can't be the masculine energy in a closet softy and want a masculine man. <laughs> like it just doesn't work yeah. that way. Um, I know I have wounded feminine energy. I'm working on it. Okay. We're moving along. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm going to tell you about my experience. So I would say that between the two of us, I'm probably more tapped into my feminine energy. Not probably. You just are. <laughs> I am, but still it's something that I like really need to keep in check. And I don't know, especially with dating, like you guys have heard us talk about dating a lot. Like we approach it very different. Um, But I just very quickly lose interest if I feel myself tapping into my masculine energy. Um, But anyway, so I've never really been the leader in any setting, like since I was a kid, even like in a friend group of people are like, oh, what are we going to make for the plan? I'm like, I don't know. What does everyone else want to do? Like, I'm not the one I'm not the leader and I've never really wanted to be. You don't rock the boat very often. No. And for the most part, even like if if the plan is something that I'm not that interested in, I'm not going to say something. Like I'm just like, okay, that's what the group's doing. I'm totally fine with that. I'm easygoing. I'm naturally a caretaker and a people pleaser. And there's a whole lot of things that I don't dislike or that I, yeah, don't like. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you don't not like. You know, yeah. You're a pretty agreeable person. I'm, I'm a pretty agreeable person. Which is more of like, I don't know, I feel like that's more of a feminine thing. I like to be led. 100%. However, when I'm an agreeable person, it makes it really easy for people who want to push boundaries to be like, she doesn't have any. Cool. And 
it's not that I don't have boundaries. It's that I like to let people push them. So then after a while, I kind of like get pissed off after they push it too much. But I've realized that when it comes to dating friendships and even professional relationships, that I need to be in my masculine energy in order to feel respected. And that's really uncomfortable for me, especially as I've gotten older, I've taken care to hold my boundaries and demand respect. And this is something that I don't really have a whole lot of practice with because naturally, like I said, I like to let things slide and I just hope that it won't happen again. But as I found out, if you allow someone to disrespect you once, they're going to do it again and then they're going to do it again. And then I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> What's that quote? I'm totally going to butcher this, but it's kind of like when you let things slide the first time you're teaching people how it's okay to treat you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's like, I don't know. I used to really pride myself off of just being so easygoing and stuff. And I'm like, after a while, it's just I'm making it easy for people to walk over me. And like looking at past relationships or friendships or things that like ended badly, I'm like, that ended when I started holding my boundaries. Yeah. No. And truthfully, that sucks because a lot, I I feel like a lot of the things that men say they want in women in terms of that feminine energy, they want the softness, they want the emotion, they want the, they want all of the traits that we listed earlier when it comes to dating, but then they push our boundaries. And when we start to set them then, or even like, for, for example, in like the workplace, how we lead, if we led with those traits, like say emotion, that'd be the first thing they'd villainize us for. Yeah. Women are so emotional. We're so crazy. We are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, and, and a lot of times women reach the crazy point when their boundaries have just been pushed so far that they're like, I'm done, bro. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either that, or I've realized a lot too, like in relationships, there will be from the men weaponized incompetence where it's, oh, well, why are you nagging me to do this chore or whatever? Well, because I had to ask you seven times. I wouldn't have to nag if you weren't, if you would have done it, A, without me asking once, but B, asking just once. If I have to ask seven times, then then the woman's in the fault for nagging. Oh, I know so many women that feel like they are the mothers of their own yeah. relationship. Yeah, it's it's disheartening to see and like to be looking like both Taylor and I would love to fall in love and like, be in a relationship one day, but it's really tricky to do because like on one hand, it's like we have to protect ourselves while also letting ourselves be open and vulnerable and in our feminine energy with men. And it's really difficult to be in both situations at once. Yeah. And I, okay. The thing I've definitely learned about myself in that regard too, is I actually am like, I I say this all the time. I put off a really hard exterior shell. Wow. I'm a cancer through and through really hard exterior (laughs) shell. I'm so fucking soft on the inside. I am so fucking soft and emotional, okay? And to let – I don't have an issue in my female friendships being vulnerable. Not at all. But relationships with men are very difficult for me in that regard because I always feel – like generally I feel like even though I am a very highly emotional person, my emotion is warranted. I don't just get hot and cold about things willy-nilly. It's very – situational. So when I have a reaction to something and I'm like, wow, you actually really just hurt my feelings or you really pissed me off. And those feelings are disregarded, which oftentimes they are because it's just, again, you get written off as you're being emotional. I'm like, no, you just actually really fucking push my boundaries and you hurt my feelings. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I want to talk about serious relationships for a while too. You guys know I'm not looking for one, but just some things that I've realized. Taylor and I both 
were in very serious relationships before we moved to Nashville. I've always been in serious relationships. Help me. Taylor is chronically down bad for one man at a time. Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, just some things that I've noticed in my own life, my friends' lives from TikTok. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but My sources are TikTok. If you ever hear me say my sources, I am talking about a TikTok <laughs> video. Okay. Fuck you. If you hear me say I read something in an article, I heard it on TikTok. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've realized that a lot of men in modern relationships, they want to feel like the provider. However, they are not willing to provide. They're trying to split the bill with me at dinner. They're trying to split the bill. They want to split rent. And obviously, this does have something to do with the current economical factor that many households cannot function off of one income. And we're going to touch on that later, too. But a lot of the emotional and mental labor is also placed on the women in modern relationships. Who's the one planning and managing the chores, making the grocery list, booking the family photos and planning the outfits while the dad complains the entire time. Mostly the women. I have seen that in a lot of families, the mom becomes the default parent when everything falls onto them and the dad's life remains moderately unchanged once the baby's born and he gets to be done with the labor when he clocks out of work. Half the time, the dad doesn't even know their kid's teacher's name. Like the mom is the main parent in a lot of regards. I want to interject something right here too, because I do know that we have male listeners. If you are one of those people that is sitting there going, not all men, and you're not one of those men, congratulations. This does not apply to you. But in this case scenario, it's kind of most men. And I would say it's not all men, but I would say all men are willing to maintain their friendships with men that they know are the problem. I've yet to meet a man cut off who has cut off a friend because he's shitty. The Try Guys, they did that. They did well. The Try Guys are the only men we respect. The Try Guys are the blueprint. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, if they weren't in the public and had HR and it was just a private thing, would they have handled it that way? That's the And you know what's sad is no one has the answer to that. Yeah. No one knows. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Now, the way that couples choose to divide the labor of the household is totally their business. And I know that there are definitely some happy relationships where the ho- the labor is divided that way and everyone's happy and that's fine. No shade to every to anybody living that way. Again, that's what the feminist movement is all about. It's all about the choice. But my point is that when a woman is forced into this manager role in her household and sometimes also working a full-time job. A lot of times working yeah. a full-time job. Splitting the bills, being the default parent. It's a lot of work and it's forcing her into her masculine energy, which then causes problems in relationships because, again, the man wants to feel like a provider while not being willing to provide and he wants his woman to be soft and submissive. And that's just not realistic. No, I completely agree with you there. And I want to talk about uh, casual relationships, too, because, you know, that's like what I've been doing for the past six months and it's fucking exhausting. Um, I'd rather be celibate. I really would. I'm so tired of it, dude. It really, yeah, honestly. But seriously, okay, so for the first time in history, women get to be choosy about who they marry. For the first time ever, we get to be choosy. And we get to choose not to get married if we don't want to. And it doesn't seem like men are willing to make any changes to better themselves and be worth the... The labor. Okay. But here's the thing too, and I also want to bring up the conversation on this too, is the role that I think social media has played in this too. Because again, it's all about the ease of access. When I think about my parents dating and my grandparents dating versus what I'm doing now, people didn't have a catalog of people to just swipe through. It is easy 
to be so low effort when you're like, oh, well, there's another option coming. Oh, there's another option coming. There's nobody willing to put in the work that actually goes into maintaining a long-term relationship because there are a lot of work and there are a lot of points in long-term relationships where you feel very stagnant and almost bored, especially in a healthy relationship where you're not riding the constant up and down waves of being toxic towards one another. So there are times where you really have to wake up every single day and choose to love a person because it just feels kind of boring. So I don't know, just that quick little sidebar, because I do think that the ease of accessibility, and I know things like Match.com once, well, have existed for a long time, et cetera, but I think we're at a point now where like even just the news on social media and having people's Instagrams and TikTok and all this stuff, it's just like a constant buffet for people to treat people like they're so disposable. It is. And I want to... We didn't talk about this before, but I don't talk about porn for a minute and even OnlyFans. Like, I am all for women getting their check, you know? Like, it, I don't love the, the the amount of porn that there is, but, like, if there's going to be, I think that it's good that OnlyFans exists because for the longest time, women were being exploited and at least they can be making their money now. However, when it, sex is put on display like this for boys and what they start watching it when they're like 12 or something and then they just think that that's just how relationships are like and that's just how you treat women and it doesn't matter how you treat them they're just gonna want to have sex with you and basically they feel entitled to sex it makes it really difficult to have a casual relationship with a man and still be like you do need to respect me still they just cannot comprehend that and because they haven't needed to yeah god I would, it's so hard because when I think of like casual hookup culture back then, I mean, it really didn't exist, but like it only existed for men. Men would just go to brothels and strip clubs and do their business underground in that sense and not, and then they'd go home to their wives or whatever, or they'd find or court, I should say, because courting used to be a thing. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so hellbent stuck on Bridgerton right now. Like, I'm really thinking of, like, is Antony as a character. Like, his behavior is what I imagine, like, the older generation's doing. Yeah, definitely. It's it's just really difficult to date. But, yeah, personally, I've realized that for me, it is a lot easier to stay in my feminine energy when I'm not in a relationship and when I'm not casually dating Um I've noticed that it's really hard for a lot of men to be respectful to women when they aren't in a relationship with them. And honestly, half the time, even when they are in a relationship with them. One guy that I was seeing kept bringing up how crazy it was, how I was nice to him and demanded respect back. And to me, I'm like, why are you sleeping with people who aren't nice to you? And like, that's just so common amongst like hookup culture now is like, you don't even need to be nice to the person. Like, it's literally just like, get in, get out. Don't talk to me in between. And I understand, like I've, I've said too, like, I don't really want to talk to everybody every single day, but it's like, you can be respectful and communicative and not just only hit somebody up at 2 a.m. A hundred percent. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I really genuinely do think that you are ahead of your age and maturity in, in terms of dating culture. I think you're ahead of a lot of people my age too. You're one year older than me. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, Taylor's a grandma at heart. I'm 86 years old at heart. And I think I've dated more older men than you at this point. I've gone on a date with a lot of 30-year-olds. And they're all stupid. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's my thing. I'm like, I feel like I would want to date an older man. No. The ones that are left older on the market are on the market for a reason. And that's what I'm learning. Well, that's my thing, too. And I'm like, 
for me, it's like, for me, being a 24-year-old woman, having my age range up to like, I think it's like 32 or 34, something like that. To me, to me, that is totally different than being a 32-year-old man having your age range down to 24. And I know that they don't have it down to 24. I'm sure they have it down to like 18. And it would be lower than that if it would let them like. Billie Eilish and Jesse Rutherford, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. But like to me, I'm like, I like I understand that in order to go on a date with an older guy, like we both need to be mutually wanting to go on the date. But I'm like, it's different. I don't know. It just feels predatory, even though I'm not a kid. It just feels predatory that a man has his age down that low. Yeah. So again, this is personal choice for everybody. But for me and my personal experience, uh, at my current age, I've discovered that 32 to 34 is probably the oldest I would go in terms of not feeling a super big power imbalance dynamic. But you start getting into your upper 30s and 40s because, I mean, I'm 25 years old. So um, yeah, I just... In no case scenario should anybody over the age of 40 be with somebody in their early 20s. I just, that feels really icky to me. And there are some, you know, age gap relationships that are happy and healthy. It's just, I feel like for the most part, there's almost always a power imbalance. I would say, I would say. And there are good, I'm talking a whole lot of shit about men on this episode. There are good men out there. I know a few good men that are great in their relationships and like, I I need to put this out there too. I consider my own family, like my dad, great man. Like, in fact, I think it's one of the reasons I struggle with men so hard in modern dating is because I'm like, why aren't you just like this? Like, Mm -hmm. why aren't, I grew up being adored. Like, why are you not like this? Yeah, I talk about that with my cousins a lot, actually. So I have a few cousins and my sister, we're all around the same age. And like I said, my dad's side of the family is huge. And so we always talk about like how difficult it is with dating when we look at like our uncles and the way that they courted their wives and dated them and the way that they treat their wives and their children and stuff. And it's really hard to be like, this is what I grew up seeing. And now men these days are trying to convince us that that's just not realistic. This is true. And also something that I would have to do actual research on. And it would be so interesting to look at people's family dynamics like how many people are we dating that came from like divorced families because like I know we're officially in the minority coming from parents that are actually still married to each other I know that um and I know that growing up in a dynamic where you're watching your parents constantly fight going back and forth uh to houses or maybe you're even in a custody battle things like that and you're you feel like you're a pawn in your parents game it definitely jades your view of love and I think a lot of people have a lot of unhealed trauma in relation to those kinds of situations and even other situations as well like it's not just divorce that's traumatizing but yeah I'd love to know how that plays into all of it too just thinking out loud yeah, that'd be fun to have some like relationship coach come on and talk about that sometime. I want somebody from one of the dating apps so badly to come on. Who I always blank on. Who has Bumble? I was literally just about to say I'm blanking on the girl that left Tinder and started Bumble, but I would love to interview her. Yeah. Okay, 2023. Stay tuned, guys. We're getting her on. Dear Media and the founder of Bumble. <laughs> Setting goals. Okay. But yeah, I want to circle back to like casually dating yeah. real quick. So for me, friends with benefits is still friendship. Like I am not interested in sleeping with anybody that I don't consider a friend. And I've realized that a lot of men friend with benefits is not friends at all. It is simply the benefit and then they want nothing to do with you. And that's just really 
it's difficult to see it's because degrading. It's, it's it's degrading and it's weird because I don't have anybody in my life who doesn't treat me good. And then when I'm casually dating, it's like, yeah, well, you should just expect me not to treat you good. It's like, why I don't have anybody in my life that doesn't treat me good. Like, why would I accept that? And they just, I don't know, think that that's the thing. But I just feel like hookup culture, while it was meant to be sexually freeing for both men and women, it has really become a way to use women's bodies as objects honestly to masturbate with and then just get the fuck out of there and have nothing to do with them and have put no work into the relationship and yes friendship is a form of a relationship and I don't know about you guys but for me it's really difficult to stay in my feminine energy when I have to constantly be like hey you still need to treat me with respect hey you need to plan dates no I will not come over at 2 a.m no I don't want to hear about the other women you're seeing as our friend Liana would like to say you have to have proper home management um and a lot of these men just do not have proper home management And I feel like unless it's a very respectful, casual relationship, which is rare, hookup culture forces women into their masculine energy in order to protect themselves. Yeah, because otherwise you're literally just sitting so insecure and then you're also crazy for that reason. Yeah. It's it's a vicious cycle. Well, that's the thing too. It's like if it's casual, you're not allowed to have any emotion, which is ridiculous. In what point of life ever are you not allowed to have any emotion? And it's just a goes against general woman nature. We are community oriented. We always have been. Women have always been from the dawn of time in community together. If they had neglectful husbands, like they would get together in their villages and band together and take care of each other in community. (laughs) Yeah. And this isn't me promoting purity culture at all. (laughs) I'm not saying that casual relationships should not happen. You guys know that that's like all I'm looking for right now. Honestly, I'm giving up on that. I'm I'm going celibate. I am. 2023 is my celibacy era, okay? (laughs) But it's just, it's really interesting to see the effects that hookup culture has on my own femininity as well as my friends and honestly, TikTok. Yeah, no, because I think like people can laugh at the whole TikTok thing. I think people are generating really good conversation over on that platform and they're it's it's starting a new wave of thinking about things because actually this perfectly transitions me into what I want to talk about. And it's basically what capitalization or capitalism has done to the feminist movement overall. And that is because, dude, every woman I know is tired. They're burnt out. They feel pulled in a million directions. They're overwhelmed. And to me, it's no surprise. I mean, I feel this way too. Many women I know are working. They have side hustles. They have relationships. They're trying to see their friends and their families while still having hobbies. They're in grad school. Some have children and are raising families. And I feel like in many ways, all of us feel pinned up against one another. And I'm starting to realize that a lot of it is because of the capitalization of the feminist movement and the boss bitch CEO, independent woman, hustle culture messaging that it's fed us for so many years. And again, I'm saying this as someone who hardcore drank that Kool-Aid, you guys. Like I'm owning my own part in this. And it took a message of empowerment and mostly choice. Like, most importantly, above all else, choice, where women could choose to have a career and the same equal opportunity to make as much money to men if they wanted to. And it's gotten turned into this movement where now women feel like if they aren't working and aren't climbing the corporate ladder or starting their own business and making as much money as possible and really channeling a lot of those masculine energy qualities, you're not a real feminist. Yeah, 100%. 
And women who genuinely feel empowered to stay home and raise a family are looked down upon and almost shamed for not wanting a career when really our society was built on the fact that at one point in time, taking it back to the Henry Ford eight-hour workday invention, men went to work for eight hours of the day and women stayed at home and raised the household because raising a household is a full-time job in and it's of itself. It's not even a full-time job. It's a nev- You're never done. You're never you done. clock out after eight hours. Women did not. They were working tr- from the minute they woke up to the minute they went to bed. Yeah. And I also want to come back and say like, so women are shamed for not wanting a career on that front, but then the corporate baddies who end up pursuing a career and are still have the expectation to raise a family are spread too thin because again, society was built on the premise that men would go to work for eight hours of the day while women stayed home. And now granted, there are a lot of economic factors at play here too. I know that after the 08 crash, many families were not able to pay bills and afford their lives and homes if they were not a dual income household. So that forced a lot of women to go to work if they weren't working prior. Um, Pay wages have not inflated to reflect the current cost of living situations. As a matter of fact, everything has inflated except wages. So a lot of men aren't making what they should be. And truthfully, I think that leads into men not feeling masculine too, is if they aren't bringing home enough to provide for their families, that takes them out of their masculine. I've actually, sorry to keep bringing up TikTok, but I see I see a lot of like relationship stuff on TikTok. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of conversation around like men who are not able to provide get angry at the women that are with them because they like feel like they're lacking yeah. And then there's the energy dynamics that are just not how they want it to be because they want to be in their masculine. They want the women to be in their feminine, but they're not able to provide. So the woman needs to be more in their masculine and then they're angry at her. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that brings me back to my main point. At its core, the feminist movement was about equal opportunities and pay and overall rights amongst men and women. But because of our capitalistic society, we've completely diluted that message and watered it down to the girl boss who never stops hustling and conversations that just mostly revolve around pay raises and making as much money as possible, which again, need to happen. Women do need those raises. We should be making dollar for dollar on the hour, what men are making for the exact same jobs. But it's not the main point of the movement. And it's a product of capitalism, valuing money above all else, above people's well-being, their happiness, etc. And I've decided that for me, my own personal definition of feminism means supporting a woman on whatever path she chooses to be on. If she wants to stay home and raise a family, congrats. You are a fucking badass and I respect you for it. If she wants to pursue a career and climb the corporate ladder or maybe go off and run her own business and go team no children, congrats. You too are also a badass and I think you should be paid as much as your male counterpart for doing that same damn job. We don't need to be pinned against one another because we have an empowered choice, or at least that's what the movement was supposed to be about. Absolutely. And I do want to clarify too, that we're saying feminine energy and masculine energy. We're not saying that every woman needs to be in her feminine energy. Every man needs to be in his masculine energy. We are aware that there are gay relationships. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. And coming back to something I said earlier, everybody has the opportunity to tap into both of these energies. It's just what balance works best for you. Absolutely. And okay, coming back to one more comment I made earlier about feelings of overwhelm and burnout. 
I don't know about you guys, but I just simply don't want to feel that way. I don't. I want to feel well-rested and soft and compassionate and all of the beautiful things that come with being a divine feminine energy. And I personally have really had to rewrite a lot of my relationship with the words and opinions I've had associated with femininity because I wholeheartedly truly viewed that as me being weak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard like when you're trying to picture this divine feminine and honestly like I'm very thankful to have Liana Taylor introduced me to Liana, but when I think of divine feminine, honestly I think of Liana. 100%. She's very feminine. However, she demands respect. I swear the Tauruses and the Libras with the Venusian energy, mm-hmm. they just fucking get it. Like they have it. I have never met a Taurus or a Libra that wasn't the most div- Taurus or Libra woman. I'm going to categorize women that wasn't just innately divinely feminine, Mm -hmm. but also like don't push their boundaries. Like absolutely, absolutely the fuck not. You will get a hard wall if you do. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have women in, in our lives to like look up to like that. Yeah. Because like you said, like Liana's the perfect example of that. She is soft. She moves with grace and beauty and she just communicates so beautifully Mm -hmm. But, like, she's also strong and powerful and will not let you push her yeah. boundaries. And I respect the hell out of her for that. Absolutely. This is now a Liana love, sh- love song. Real. I know. We need to have Liana come on and talk about how to stay in your femininity. Yeah. I think she'd be a really, really good one to have on for that. And it's just, like, personal life experience, too. I, per- I want to know how growing up with all women shaped that for her. Yeah. Like, I love that. And now I'm just going on a tangent about Liana, you guys. I know. Well... <laughs> This is a conversation that we have a lot is like you can tell when women have brothers and when mm-hmm. men have sisters. And I am very thankful to have grown up with brothers because I feel like it, one, made me tougher and two, I know how to communicate with men and stuff. And I just feel like even in relationships like friendships with women, for me, it's like easier to like if we are beefing or something, like let's just talk about it, get over it, move on. Whereas I feel like if it's only you've only grown up around sisters, it's easier to be more like passive. And again, this is my own like I, I am a passive person. So like for me, it's easy to like let things go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And then finally, fuck you to where being with brothers, I've learned to just like fight it out, get it over with, move on. No, yeah. Uh, wholeheartedly, I respect that men just kind of hit each other and move the fuck yeah, on. like sometimes, not to condone violence, but like sometimes it'd be nice just to like bitch slap, slap somebody and then move on. Like, punch a hole in the wall. Punch a, you know how many times it would be nice to just punch a hole in the wall and move on? <laughs> men, men calling women emotional when all of them are yeah. punching holes in the wall. Oh my gosh, like don't even get me started about men calling women emotional and then being the most violent demographic ever. <laughs> like... So I have a genuine question for you, just kind of inspired by all of this, because this is something I've been thinking a lot about and something I've been struggling with, because when I was growing up, I think I found it way easier to relate to men because I had brothers. Like I went through a really long period of time where I actually didn't get along that well with girls because I found them all to be really passive aggressive and not like other girls. No, a (laughs) hundred percent was a total pick me, but like truthfully, it was just, I didn't get the dynamic. I didn't grow up with sisters and my family has always been very direct with each other on like when we're mad. Like there's no secrets there. It is just upfront direct. Just, I'm mad. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's just anger. <laughs> like I grew up with men. I mean, Shannon's soft, but like, Shan- like just regardless. Um, I'm rambling at this point. Do you genuinely think that men and women can just be platonic friends? I go back and forth with this. I do too. 
I feel like in some, in some regard, every now and then, yes, I would say for the most part, a lot of times, and I've been told this by men directly, men want to sleep with women, period. It's like a primal thing. I get that. It's like innate human nature. So I go back and forth on like, do I think that men and women being friends usually means that one end of the spectrum is just waiting to shoot their shot and don't think that women aren't involved in this. I have also been the girl best friend in case scenarios. Like 100% women know what they're doing too when they're doing that stuff. Um, But yeah, the older I get, the more I feel like men and women can't be friends until we're all almost married off because all of my best guy friends right now are my best girlfriend's husbands. And it's because it is 100% platonic. You will never touch me. You are married to my best friend. Like, absolutely not. That's what it is. Like, there's been so many times that like I would be friends with a guy and then I'm like, I just can tell you're hoping I'm going to sleep with you. And, and that, that doesn't feel like a friend. No, then it feels like you're, if I told you that I would never sleep with you and we had that 100% honest conversation, you would have no interest in hanging yeah. out with me. And that doesn't feel good. No. And it really comes down to, again, I've been told this by men. Men do not respect women that they're not either sleeping with or related to. And like in many ways, I almost kind of get it because like truthfully, when I sit down and I think about, I have free time right now. I don't want to have sex with somebody. Do I want to hang out with a woman or do I want to hang out with a man platonically? I want to hang out with a woman. I just do. Like, I want to hang out with you or Liana. I don't want to call one of my random guy friends and be like, hey, can I watch you play video games? Because that's truthfully what it would be doing. Like, And it is too. Like, I just feel like female friendships, like we just all go through similar experiences. Like we all can relate on many aspects, like even – you guys know I have a part-time job. I'm going to tell a story. I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day. She's 18. Her boyfriend just broke up with her out of nowhere because he can't communicate. Basically, they're not compatible. Instead of saying, hey, we're not compatible, he just broke up with her, gave her no explanation, and is telling everybody else they're not compatible. And I'm just telling her, I'm like, that is just such... Oh, and she said, she was like, yeah, well, we hooked up like two days before. And like, she was like, I just feel so used. Have you seen those TikToks where girls are literally like, it's like to the sound of like, I think it's part of that Colt 45 song where it's like, I'm a fuck that bitch just one more time. And so many women are posting TikTok trends where they're like, when my ex broke up with me directly after sleeping with me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I was like, like when she was telling me that, I was like, that just makes me so sad. Like, I feel like your big sister, like hearing you say that. And I'm like, Every woman like has this experience, I feel like, where it's like you just feel completely used by a man who doesn't even like you. But they'll emotional maturity comes with age. Being able to communicate about that stuff, because trust me, as somebody who's been in chronic long-term relationships since the age of like 15, I didn't communicate the best when I was in high school. No. You just don't know. And that kind of stuff comes with age. And unfortunately, sometimes the lesson comes from, oh, shit, I really hurt that person. And I never want to make somebody feel like that ever again. Yeah. Yeah. But it just like, I don't know, situations like that, I feel like it just makes it, for me, it's more enjoyable to hang around women because they all go through those experiences and like feel those same things. Whereas like to a man, I need to explain it. And like, even if sure, maybe at the end of the conversation, maybe they'll understand it. Half the time, they're just going to deny it and pretend like that's not a problem and belittle my feelings and every other woman's feelings. But with women, it's just like a, we just understand each other. I also have noticed in my dynamic with women and men, male friendships, women, when I don't agree with them, we can still have a really honest, like sincere conversation about it. I just feel like I'm constantly being mansplained to when men don't agree with me. 
Yeah. It's really tricky. Like, I don't know, like I, like we said before, like Taylor and I really want to have happy, healthy relationships. It's just really, really difficult with capitalism, hookup culture, modern dating, all of that going on. Like it is incredibly difficult to stay in our feminine energy, which we both want to be in our feminine energy in relationships. It's really hard to maintain that while also trying to coach a man on how to treat us. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be completely honest. That's about all I have to say on this topic. And we're also pushing about an hour for this podcast. Shout out to us. I actually really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Like I love this. And this was supposed to be more of just like a conversational episode. Neither of us really have a point. It's just kind of us chatting through our thoughts and current feelings. And it's a therapy session, honestly. A hundred percent. Sorry to be such a van hater this episode. Like I'm just irritated at men today. <laughs> like I was like, all right, I'm going off this episode. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a terrible man hater. I just generally, you're a deserved man hater. Based off my experiences, I'm bitter. Yeah, and you have every right to be. Like, I will validate your feelings on this. Thanks. Like a hundred percent. I I know all of the information that we haven't been able to air publicly just due to you got to be respectful to people. Yeah. Whatever. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. I don't ever want this podcast to just become like us talking shit about people. And like, yeah, there's a lot of experiences that I would like to talk about, but I've already given a real identity to one of my exes, and so I feel like I just don't want to indulge on that at all because I don't want to sit here and talk shit about him. And he, and here's the thing too, I'm never going to be opposed to sharing my experience about a past relationship, etc. But it does need to come from the hard point of view that this is my experience, and these are my X amount of month reflections. Like, it's not like I'm talking about this while I'm pissed. Like, six to eight months have yeah. passed at this point, and I've had some time to reflect. Like, even I can wholeheartedly admit there's a lot of shit I probably would have done different last time. So it's just, it's yeah. one of those things. We're rambling at this point. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. If you guys have any anything to add, please DM us. Like, we just... Yeah. And yeah. if you guys like, if you like this kind of more conversational episode, let us know. And if you guys have any topics that you want us to have a conversation about just more casually, we really like doing these. We want to do more. Let us know. Yeah. Theories of the universe coming up next. For real. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you bitches, hoes, and CEOs next week. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye. All right, CEOs, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you can find all of our episode and guest information in the show notes, as well as on our website, www.coishpodcast.com, spelled like our name without the dash. Thank you all so much for supporting our show. And for more CEOish, be sure to give us a follow over on Instagram at CEOish Podcast. And be sure to follow us on our personals at Chloe Elizabeth Creative and at Tay Graham Biz. Be sure you're subscribed to CEO-ish wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really love the show, be sure to give us a five-star review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does help us out and we read every single one. We love you guys so much and thank you for tuning in to CEO-ish. We'll see you CEOs in the next episode. Bye.